visitation. Hear the Spirit call. Welcome to another podcast of Dr. Leslie Bakupong. Be blessed as you listen. How many of you are excited to be in church today? Only the Christians raise their hands. So I'll give you another chance. How many of you are excited to be in church today? Hallelujah. We thank God for today. Um, I'm going to start preaching in a bit. Um, but those of you who are on the church page, I promise to give you an explanation as to why we couldn't have our midweek service on Wednesday. Um, uh, these things happen. Tell someone these things happen. Tell another these things happen. Hallelujah. The long and short of it is that on Sunday, that's a week, today's week, Sunday, the, the, the principal of this place got a very threatening text message from an anonymous person. And the summary of the whole message was that you are being given until Wednesday to kick these people out of this place. No Christian activity here. Otherwise, I mean, the threats were many, including being taken out of office and even burning of things like a very, very threatening. She forwarded it to me. So she too, I mean, naturally, you'll be worried with such and a person claimed to be um, from the, the corridors of power in this country whether that's true or is false uh, we know we as Christians we also walk in corridors of power hallelujah yes and the person gave up to Wednesday so um, she had to consult her boss who is the director of nursing training in Ghana so a directive was given that well um, threats like this can't be taken lightly. It has to be investigated by police and whatever. So, um, until investigations are done and meetings have been held, no church activity should take place in this place. So, that was why on Wednesday, that directive was given on Wednesday. That's why, at very short notice, we couldn't have our midweek service. But then I spoke to the principal again the conclusion we came to was that for now at least the Sunday services we can have hallelujah uh, so we are suspending the evening meetings for now while we sort the problem out amen yes so uh, in the meantime we are trying to look for an alternate venue for our midweek services for our midweek services um, we don't know how this is going to end but however it ends it will be for our good. Hallelujah. It will be for our good. Yes. Uh, even if we move out of this place, God will be, will be taking us to a, a bigger and a better place. Amen. Yeah. So that, that is the situation on the ground. But these things shouldn't discourage us. When all the great churches are, are giving their stories, there's none of them that doesn't have something like this where they had issues with their vent. So me, when it came secretly, I was happy that, okay, we too will have a story. Hallelujah. Yes, so this shouldn't discourage you at all. Most of the time, when Satan tries to use these things, it, it rather ends up strengthening us more. In fact, I was telling Alpha that yesterday evening's prayer meeting attendance is the biggest I've seen in a long while. Yeah, 
we didn't meet here. We went all the way to, we did a student day's prayer meeting kind of thing. No air conditioner, nothing on the basketball pitch. I'm sorry, on the basketball court. And the number we had has been the biggest we have had in a long time. Let's put our hands together for ourselves, including those who didn't come. You can still clap. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah, so these things, they just end up strengthening us the more. So we are not afraid. We are not anxious because we know all things will work together for our good. Amen. I said something that maybe that was why God led me to preach that midweek service uh, sermon on comfort zone. <laughs> yes, yeah, so yeah. And this is evidence of the fact that indeed we are in a year of victories. On the, the night of the 31st December, I told you that if you have such a theme, victories only come after battles. So a theme like this will come with battles. But the good thing is that we know the end result already, which is victory for us. Hallelujah. Yes. Yeah, so in a nutshell, that is the is the reason why we'll not be having evening services for a while but we are looking for an alternate place and very soon we'll announce that to you is that okay why are some of you looking smile 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 in fact laugh 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 at the devil laugh at the devil Eh, it's a good thing to laugh at the devil how many of you are ready for the word this morning how many of you are ready all right so last week i started a series on the devices of the enemy the devices of the enemy I spoke about the fact that the moment you sign up for this thing called Christianity, whether you like it or not, you have signed up for warfare against an enemy who is uncompromising, against an enemy who is ruthless, an enemy who doesn't know children, he doesn't know babies. The Bible says, the thief cometh not but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Clearly stated, a very wicked enemy. And that is the adversary we are fighting against. And this adversary has devices. As we read in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11. If you could project that for me. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11. These devices are always being thrown at us as believers to get us out of the will of God, to ensure that we disobey God, to ensure that our lives are not what God intends it to be. These are weapons. But we thank God that the Bible also says that uh, the weapons for our warfare are not carnal, but are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Hallelujah. And last week, I talked about two of those weapons. I spoke about the weapon of destruction, the weapon of destruction. And the destruction is D-I-S-T-R-A-C-T-I-O-N, not destruction as in destroy, to distract you, to, to take your attention off. All right. I spoke about the fact that anytime Satan wants to do something in your life, he wants to take your focus off God, he will go through your most important need at that particular point in time. I gave the example of Eve, that Satan went to Eve to go and deceive her at a time that Adam was not at home. Adam was busy naming the animals. He was fulfilling his purpose, fulfilling the mandate that God had given unto him. And there was no radio then. There was no TV then. There was nothing like Facebook. There was nothing like WhatsApp. If she was even going to WhatsApp, who was she going to WhatsApp? Two human beings on earth. I'm trying to show you that loneliness was a factor in what happened. Nobody to talk to. No phone to ring. Nothing. You are just there. Birds, animals chirping around you and you know, that kind of thing. 
So the, 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 the devil saw an opportune time to meet a need, which was a need for her loneliness to be solved, her problem of loneliness to be solved. So he went at that particular point in time and she engaged him in a conversation. In the same way, when Satan wants to do something in your life, when he wants to take your focus off God, he wants to take your focus off what God wants you to do or what God wants in your life, he will come through your most important need at a particular point in time. If money is your most important need at a particular point in time, trust, Satan will bring opportunities for making money in a shady way. You are working for people and keeping money. Oh, why? Don't you, can't you just borrow? Just borrow. You are keep, let's say you are keeping money for a group, uh, 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 an organization or something. Oh, just, just borrow. You pay. You pay back. I went for a Christian, um, what do you call it? A Christian leadership program some time back. And the person came to talk about the fact that if you're a Christian leader and you happen to keep money, one of the temptations you must avoid, let's say, oh, you find yourself in a difficult situation. It's not like you intend to take the money, but okay, let me use and replace. He said, you realize that that money, it is very difficult to replace it. Satan ensures that it is very, very difficult to replace it. Something else will come, something else will come, something else will come, and you just be there owing God and owing the people of God. Hallelujah. So, Satan will always use your most important need, what you want the most. If you are at a point in time in your life where it is attention that you need, he will prepare an Amalekite to come and give you attention with sweet words, nice words. Hallelujah. Yeah, today I'll talk about that one too when we enter certain realms of my sermon. Amen. So, distraction is one of them. I'm just giving a, 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 a recap so that those of you who were not here last week. And then the other weapon, who remembers the other weapon that I said? Camouflage. Camouflage is a disguise. I use the scripture where the Bible says Satan presents himself as an angel of light. And I spoke to you about the fact that he lost that light a long time ago. So whatever light Satan presents to you is fake light. The Bible says, I saw Satan fall like lightning. He gave off that light when he was thrown down from heaven. He was the, the angel of light in heaven. In fact, Lucifer means the, the son of the morning. When, anytime in Latin or Greek, the, the word L-U comes in. That's where you get the word luminous. You know, light. Lucifer has something to do with light. So by the time he was the, the prince of, of what do you call it? The angel of light in heaven. By the time he hit the ground, he had become prince of darkness. Between the heaven and the earth, he had lost the light. Any light Satan presents to you is fake light. And camouflage is a very effective weapon even in modern day warfare. Soldiers dress such that when they are in the forest, they wear a green camouflage. So they will blend with the leaves nicely and you will not be able to tell that this is an enemy coming. They will just sneak up on you and destroy you. When they are in the desert, they wear a brown camouflage. So they will blend with the, the what do you call it? The, the sand, the desert sand. Even certain animals have a, a, a camouflage. The chameleon will take up the color. If a chameleon comes to this curtain right now, he will take the color of the curtain. He'll be there and you will not know. And they are slow like that. Have you seen a chameleon working before? They just change color. It's camouflage. And that is how the devil operates in disguise. He knows when he comes open like that, most believers will recognize him, avoid him, and even exert the authority over him. 
So he comes in a subtle way, in a way that you will not recognize. But may the Lord give us the spirit of discernment to be able to tell between right and wrong, between what is from God and what is not from God. Hallelujah. Today, I want to deal with two more of the strategies or the weapons of the enemy. I don't think I'll finish the series today. Most likely, I'll finish by our next service. Today, I want to deal with the weapon or the, the, the device of human beings, people. Hallelujah. Human beings. Oh, I said hallelujah. Human beings can also be tools and devices in the hands of Satan. Human beings. You and I. And when I talk about human beings being tools in the hands of Satan, I'm not talking just about unbelievers. As for unbelievers, they are, just, they are there to be used at any time. But believers can also be tools in the hands of the enemy. Amen. As for unbelievers, Satan doesn't need their, their, their permission. They are already his. He's already their master. All he has to do is to enter them and use them and do whatever he wants to do. But even we believers can unconsciously be tools in the hands of the enemy. You will be an employee of Satan, but you are not on his payroll. He's just using you. Human beings can be tools in the hands of the enemy. This whole situation that is happening is, is human beings. It's, it's human beings. Human beings that are allowing themselves to be used. But we, we won't pray dangerous prayers against them. We, we pray that they will repent and come to church one day. Hallelujah. Yeah, it's, it's human beings that are behind it. When people allow themselves to be used by Satan. That is why even you believers, it is dangerous to go around messing up with unbelievers. This one now, let me direct to the Christian brothers. It is dangerous for you to go around messing around morally with unbelievers. Do you know why? It will get to a time. You think it's between the two of you. Hey, don't tell anybody. So it's just between. It's a, it's a special thing between the two of us. So you think nobody will ever get to know. But one day, when Satan wants to dis disgrace you, he will enter this unbeliever and she will open her mouth and start speaking. Those scandals that hit politicians and things like that in the past, that, that, that's it, it just got to a point. Clinton, Monica Lewinsky, ah, they have been doing these things in the secret. Ah, suddenly, what just entered her? Satan entered. Somebody say Satan. Oh, she starts speaking. And even if it is a believer you are misbehaving with, this one is not Satan that will enter the believer. It is the conviction of the Holy Ghost. If the person is a Christian, it will get to a point where he or she is uncomfortable. You, you, you want to speak to somebody. Me, I'm a pastor, so people speak to me. Hallelujah. Say, <laughs> so, no, I, I, I can't contain it anymore. I say, yeah, the Spirit of God is working. I can't continue. I, I can't continue this way anymore. So whatever it is, it will come out. 
That's what the Bible says. There is nothing hidden under the sun that will not be revealed. When Jesus speaks in the Bible, they make it red. It is a proper Bible. They make it red. It means danger. Take note of this one. It is not Paul speaking for you to say this one is, is a human being's mind. It is God himself talking. Luke 8, 17. There is nothing that is hidden under the sun that will never be revealed. That is why you should be careful what you are doing today. Some of the things that will be revealed at the wrong time. And Satan, he knows the, he knows the, the right time to reveal things. Right now, now, you are nobody and nobody knows you. Oh, you wait and reach a certain height. If you fall from here down, you will not be hurt. But if you are on the top of the roof and you fall, huh, he knows some fractures will take place and some things will injure you. Hallelujah. So we must be careful the things we do. Because Satan enters people. Satan can enter people and they will even lie about you. Look, anybody who is marked for greatness, eh, especially in the kingdom of God, Satan is planning something. Especially if you are a preacher of the word or a minister of the gospel. Satan will definitely plan something that is meant to dilute your word and to make people doubt what you say. Just to, just to dilute your testimony. Everybody, anybody who is a minister, Satan is planning something like that for you. I'm telling you. Because the moment your integrity is in question, it dilutes your message. Look, no matter how you say, oh, we still believe, we still listen, there is a part of you that will be disappointed in the person and it will dilute the person's message. It's the truth. So Satan always has that. He knows it's an effective weapon. It's an effective weapon. And when those times come, you see, sometimes, if he won't even get you to misbehave, for him to use that against you in the future, he will enter a human being and cause the person to come and lie and accuse you wrongly. I always tell people, it's not everything you hear about a man of God that a man of God has gone to do this and do this and do that. That is true. You must investigate well before you begin to speak about it in a certain way. Hallelujah. Because Satan enters human beings and they will come and tell tales. They will come and lie about people just so that their testimony will be compromised. Recently, I told you a story about one of the men of God in Nigeria. One lady, Nigerian lady in Canada, came out having press conferences claiming that this man, he was, she was in a relationship with this man. She got pregnant for him. He aborted for all kinds of things couldn't bring any solid evidence the only evidence she had was the fact that they had had a video conversation you know how whatsapp and those things the video conversations the person you are talking to's picture comes at the bottom that was the one she just had a snapshot that was it and for her that was the evidence holding press conference after press conference but this man of god was very mature about it all he kept saying was that god will vindicate him god will vindicate him and thank god for his wife his wife stood behind. She said, look, I've been married to this man for 19 good years. Every woman, if your husband is misbehaving, you, even if you don't see anything, you will feel it. Because right now, you are one flesh. You are one flesh. These things, eh? When we talk about one flesh, it is literal. When you marry, you understand. You can't do anything in peace when the other 
hasn't agreed to it. You can, you'll be doing it, but it's as if it is half of you that is doing the thing. This thing I'm talking about is only experience that can teach you. Hallelujah. May you get there and experience it. You are one flesh. So if the other person is being unfaithful, the other person is cheating, even if you don't see evidence of lipstick in his shirts or whatever, or some unusual smell on him, some perfume that you all know is not in the house or something. But even if you smell an unusual perfume on him, is hugging wrong? If you go and hug someone, the person has a strong perfume, it will, it will be on you. Hallelujah. The wife of 19 years came. She said, look, I have been with this man for 19 years. If he were cheating on me or doing something bad, I would know. And for 19 years, I have not had any evidence. I have not had any cause to doubt it. I am standing behind my husband. Hallelujah. When the devil enters somebody to accuse you wrongly, it is your integrity that will speak for you. So integrity. If you are a man of God, and even the way you behave with the ladies in the church is questionable. You have a loose relationship with all the all the ladies in the church. Funny, suspicious looks. You know that some people when they are looking at you, it's, like, it's as if they are undressing you in, in their eyes. They look at you and you're uncomfortable. When you have all of those characteristics, and something comes out, hey, this man's done. I was beginning to send something. Mm. Hallelujah. But if you are walking in integrity, you are walking in cleanliness, your relationship with every member of the church that is the op- opposite sex is clearly defined. It is even the people who will fight that battle for you. Yeah. Because there are human beings that are possessed by Satan. I know a certain church. There was a lady that joined the church. You see, we, we are a young church, so certain characters haven't come yet, but they will come. But when they come to, they will change. Hallelujah. There was a certain lady that came to the church, and the elders in the church were like, no, this girl, we think she has an agenda. She has come to come and floor the man of God. And they said, we, we will not stand and let that happen. Anytime she is going near the man of God, they will also be there. She wants to go to the office, talk to us. You know, you can't go and see the man of God. Because they had heard things about it. it that was like the fourth church she was coming to. And the history was that the other three, she had cleared all day. And you see, she has come to the house of God, so you can't sack her. Maybe that is where she'll change. So you'll be in the church. But as for that agenda of yours, we will not allow it to happen. So there are human beings with diabolical ideas used by Satan. Me, if you are in this church like that, don't try. <laughs> Hurry up and find somewhere to go. If you come in that direction, you won't get me. You will not get me. You will not get me. I'm not boasting, but by God's grace, when it comes to discipline in that area, there you won't get me. You will not get me. And I'm saying it here so that it also it binds on me. Yeah. You, you will not get me. And if you come and accuse me falsely, my wife will defend me. She will defend me. Oh, she will defend me. 
Sometimes people try to be very funny. One day, one of her, the, my wife's, um, this one I need her permission to tell you, but she's not here. She's in Kenya, so I can tell you freely. One of the days, one of her colleagues at work, it's like some people came to visit her, some of the, the daughters came to visit her at work. And they were like, oh, this weekend we'll come home, or we'll come and spend the weekend. When they left, you know, she was like, hey, you allow these young girls to come to your house, they will steal your husband. You see what Satan can use people to do. So if she wasn't mature enough and she didn't know her husband well enough, it's like a seed has been sown in her mind. And if you water it, it will grow. And those seeds, eh, when they grow, your eyes will begin to see what you want to see. So if one of them comes, oh, daddy, hug. No, she'll start, hey, the prophecy the lady gave is coming to pass over. But she sat her down and told her, please, my husband is not like that. I don't want to hear you mention this thing again. Blah, blah, blah. Give it to her nicely. And she too, when she decides, she's, but when she decides to give it to you, she will give it to you. Give it to her nicely. So she was telling me in the evening, we were sitting in the sitting room chatting, and she was telling me, and suddenly the person called. So she put it on loudspeaker. The person was like, oh, I'm very sorry for what I said. I've gone to think about it. I realized it was like, yes, you have to be sorry. Because what you said is not true. Hallelujah. In sad times, it is your track record. That's what will speak to, for you. Because she knows me. We went out for almost three years before marriage. Not even once did I try to touch her in a funny way. For her to say, hey, you're a man of God. And I'll say, hey, God. <laughs> I remember that I have the call of God upon my life. Not even once. And it's not because I don't have blood running through my veins. I have hormones. I have testosterone. If you want evidence I have testosterone, I have a beard. And I have two children to show. I'm not a piece of wood. Nor a statue that has been made mobile. Somebody say integrity. That is what will speak for you on that day. That is why I advise people, look, when you're in a relationship, look, that's what the temptation is to come. The temptation to misbehave will come. But anytime you overcome the temptation, know that you have sown a seed of trust. And you will reap the benefits later. Every one temptation you overcome, you've sown a seed of trust. If you are misbehaving now, and later somebody comes to accuse you. Yeah, you are doing this and that. Right now, you are not married to her. You are doing certain things with her. In the same way, in the mind, it will be possible that ah, that person do that you are not married to. You can't be misbehaving with that person. So there's a possibility there. Hallelujah. That is why you must walk in integrity. Postpone the fun. When you get married, all barriers are removed. Hallelujah. The Bible says, enjoy the wife of your youth. Do whatever you want to do. Acrobatics, then, then do whatever is there for you. Somebody said, look, when you are not married, Satan would try hard to make you have sex. 
And when you marry, he will try hard to make you not have sex with your wife. Somebody say integrity. I pray that you will maintain your integrity. You see, if you have misbehaved, it doesn't mean your case is lost. Hallelujah. Yeah, it doesn't mean your case is lost. As for the blood of Jesus, it is so powerful. So powerful. There is no mistake that the blood of Jesus cannot cleanse. There's no mistake. And if you are mature enough in Christ, you understand and you understand the power of the blood of Jesus. You even hold somebody's past mistakes against them. You won't. The past is in the past. It says, I'm he who blots away your transgressions for my name's sake and I do not remember them anymore. Even God decides not to remember. So you two forget about it. Hallelujah. Open a new leaf and start on a fresh page. When the blood of Jesus cleanses, cleanses something, it's as if it, it was never there. It's not like eraser that when you finish cleaning, you look and you realize that, hey, something was written here. This one, is it what? Blotting away all ordinances. He blots it away. It's different from erasing. Blotting away is different. It's a higher level of erasing. Hallelujah. Start on a fresh page. Start on a fresh page. So people, now, I want to show you some scriptures to show you that Satan actually enters people. Let's have Luke chapter 22 verse 3. Luke chapter 22 verse 3. Luke 22 3. Luke 22 3. He said, Then entered Satan into Judas, surname Iscariot, being of the number of the twelve. So Satan entered Judas. It was Satan entering Judas that made him go to betray Jesus Christ. I've told you here before that Judas betraying Jesus wasn't because he wanted Jesus to die. Not because he hated Jesus Christ. He just saw an opportunity to make some quick money. Because he liked money. Simple. There had been times when Jesus, they had attempted. That wasn't the first time they attempted to arrest Jesus. Any, every time you just find a way and just escape like that. So in his mind, ah, you know, Judas was somebody who liked money. The Bible said he was keeping the purse. Their money bag. He was the one keeping it. That's why when the woman came and broke the alabaster box, he said, ah, this one guy, you could have sold it for this amount. Materialistic enough to know the brand and the price. You could have sold it for this amount and would have put it in a treasury and used it to help the poor. And the Bible said, he was saying that because he was stealing. This is somebody who loved money. He liked money. He saw an opportunity to make some quick money. In his mind, let me go and take my 30 pieces of silver or whatever he took. When they come, Jesus will do his thing again. God of miracles, signs and wonders. As you wish, he will do it again. He will swipe them and, oh yeah, my money, they my pocket inside. That, that was his mind. He liked money. As simple as that. And anytime Satan wants to use a human being for a particular purpose, he will look for whoever fits the job best. Genesis chapter 3 verse 1. When he was looking for an animal to use to deceive Eve, the Bible said, and the serpent was the most cunning. He was the most subtle of all the animals. He needed an animal that was cunning. He needed an animal that was subtle. So he went and negotiated with the serpent to use his body. If Satan wants to do something in this church, to cause confusion in this church, to bring any kind of trouble, he won't go for somebody outside though. 
first choice will be amongst us here. And if you allow yourself, like Judas, he was an apostle, but Satan entered him. You, he may not enter your body, but you enter your mind. He will look through who fits this first, best. The animals, it was the serpent. Who fits this assignment best? I want to cause confusion. I want to start a, a rumor that is not true. You look for somebody who is already bitter. Probably bitter because when we were choosing leaders, we didn't add you. You feel challenged? Me too, I did for. <laughs> I, I am good enough. I'm mature enough to be a leader. We didn't add you, so you are, you are bitter. I was in this church before so so and so appeared, but this person has been made a leader. Hey, can I preach? <laughs> so there is already the seed of bitterness and you see bitterness is contagious you can infect somebody with your bitterness he will look through look for the one who will fit it best I pray that when Satan comes looking he will not find anybody hallelujah not find anybody if you want to cause confusion in your home your family he will choose you you the one that you 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 because you don't have a control over your town you have a very bad temper this is a, ah, this house car there's too much peace here oh. let me increase the level of entropy the peace in this house is too much ah, it's too quiet some blows must fly some insults must fly some curses must fly so look at you, huh? This is the one with the bad temper. Let me start manipulating her heart. This is the one who can't control her tongue. You know that some people, when they are angry, they must say something before they can sleep. It's like I have to say so, I have to tell him something. Otherwise, I can't sleep. Is Satan speaking? Hallelujah. Satan speaking. If you are a true child of God, sometimes, even when you have been wrong, then. You have to be the foolish one. Jesus said, when somebody slaps you on the right, he didn't even say, Rano. That would have been the wisest. When you feel the thing on your cheeks like that and your head is spinning, just turn and run for your life. That is the wisest thing to do. Or you say, Charlie, you to look at your palm, weigh it, and sound him some. An eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. But he said, after the person has slapped you, look, look at foolishness. Sometimes being a Christian, it's foolishness. After the person has slapped you, and you have felt the pain, and your brain has been shaking, you are seeing stars, you are feeling the heat and the pain. Overcome that pain and the heat quickly, master strength, and make use of your sternocleidomastoid muscle and turn the other side and anticipate another one of the same kind of pain near your any and receive a second one. I'm intentionally breaking it down. Siri, if I make it fast, you don't you won't get it. When you have felt the pain before, now they said overcome it quickly. Overcome it quickly. 
find energy. Turn the other. And you see, anticipation to his pain. The, the anticipation of pain sometimes is worse than the pain itself. When you're going to write exams, you sweat that this and when they bring the paper, you see, okay, whether atom or atom, he that is down is fear no for you relax. You just relax. You relax. You realize that the days before were more were more stressful. Anticipation of pain. So turn your neck, anticipate the pain. Steal yourself and let him sound you again. And that is what makes you a true Christian. Hallelujah. But some of us, ah, ah, hey, if you give it to me, I will give it to you. Some people pride themselves in the fact that me, I speak my mind. I speak my mind. Proverbs say, he who speaks his mind is what? A fool. That's what the Bible says. If you, if you think you, you speak your mind, it is folly, foolishness. And you see, people actually pride themselves in that. That me, I speak my mind. In this world, it's not every time you speak your mind, though. I've told you before that when you're in a relationship or you're married, there are certain questions you don't speak your mind. They are trap questions. They are trick questions. When your wife or your beloved dresses and asks you, how do I look? This, that's not the time to go and speak your mind and say, and this is this and this and this. You say, you are looking beautiful. You are looking powerful. However you are, I like you like that. That's not the time to speak your mind. Hallelujah. That's what the Bible says. The one who is, when you have that mentality, it is foolishness. And people pride themselves in it. As for me, I speak my mind. When people even have a fight, you say, Charlie, you, let me, let, don't worry, I will go and say it for you. Because you, you speak easily. When you're offended, I can't sleep until I have said something to him. You'll be calling, calling the person's not being said, pick and let me say something to you. Otherwise, I cannot sleep. You are a candidate to be used by Satan to cause confusion. Recently, I had to rebuke a certain young man because people had contributed to do something and something went wrong and the money had, had become basa basa. So the one who was responsible was now trying to work to pay everybody back. And he said he was going to cause the person to be arrested. And I was like, something genuinely wrong, went wrong. It's not like the person was trying to scam you. Something genuinely went wrong. And the person is working hard so that everybody will get their money back. But you want to satisfy yourself. You're like, dog, this, this thing is annoying me. I, I, I want him to go behind bars. When he goes behind bars, will you get your money? You won't get your money. And everybody else will lose. But you, you would have just satisfied your flesh. That harm. It would have done something to him. Don't even Satan. Satan is using you. You are, you are not aware. You are just being used by Satan. Because this is going to cause a ripple effect. The person will be, will be behind bars. Everybody else will not get their payment. Frustration will come in. And when frustration sets in, all sorts of things can follow. All kinds of things can follow. I pray that you will not be a tool in the hands of the enemy. When Satan is coming to use you, he won't come and beg. It is the space you have given him in your life that he will pass through and just use you. And that space is usually the weaknesses in your life. Those cracks. It's those weaknesses. Hot temper. You get angry easily. 
the slightest provocation. The next time you are going to get angry, remember that you yourself, you are not perfect. Remember that you yourself, you make mistakes. Sometimes in medicine, there are some people, when I was a house officer, there were certain surgeons I never wanted to assist. Impatience, power. If they tell somebody, bring, uh, what do you call it? Me, I forgot all those four steps, four steps, their names. You know? The final year people, you will know. Because you just <laughs> wrote the exam. Bring this, this, this. And then, nurse assistant, waste time. So, hey, did you? I saw one. He got angry and threw all the tools down. Cardio theater. I won't tell you who. Got angry. Did everything. And in doing that now, they had to go and look for you in a hurry. We have to go and look for other sterilized ones and come and pack again. And it was a child that was on the table. So Satan just entered him. So you know, the demons from the child's family, they want to kill him. They say, ah, this man is a possible tool. Let's just enter him and use him. May the devil never use you. Hallelujah. Let's read Matthew chapter 16, verse 21. Matthew 16, 21. Another incident where a person was used. It said, from time, from that time forth, Jesus began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go unto Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day. Next. He was just trying to predict the bad things that were going to happen to him. And then look at Peter. Not this apostle chief apostle himself just before then he had asked them who do you say that I am and all of them didn't have the answer he alone got the revelation from God himself under the inspiration of the spirit of God he said you are Christ the son of the living God and he said blessed are thou Simon Barjona for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you but my father in heaven just minutes before the Holy Spirit had inspired him and he had given a revelation nobody knew just seconds afterwards he said then Peter took him no then Peter took him and began to rebuke him your boss call your boss come 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 come, 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 come. let me talk some sense into it these things you are talking about going to Jerusalem going to suffer going to that it is not your portion not when we are here not when I have a sword that when the soldier is coming I can cut his ear Stop talking about these things. It's not going to happen. And rebuke him, saying, Be it far from thee. And parrow. That's what they'll say if you was a tree. This shall not be unto thee. And let's look at Jesus' response. The next one. But he turned and said unto who? Said unto who? Get thee behind me, who? Hey. Minutes before, Holy Spirit was speaking through him. Now Satan was speaking through him. That is how you, a believer, you can walk in what we call duality. One moment you are in the spirit and the next moment you are in the flesh. Why was Jesus rebuking Satan? What Peter was saying was diametrically opposed to the will of God for Jesus' life. Satan can use you to speak in a direction that is opposite to the will of God for somebody's life. That is why when you are going to give people advice on critical issues in their life, marriage, ministry, and stuff like that, you must pray. Hallelujah. 
when you are in a leaders meeting you must pray before the meeting so that Satan doesn't use anybody to give a suggestion because Peter thought he was doing a good thing he didn't know Satan was using him he ah you are my boss I, I love you I don't want to see you die how can I watch you suffer like that it is not possible he thought he was doing a good thing but it was actually Satan that was using him it was Satan one day I was complaining I was like I was like Charlie ministry can be tiring it's so like those weeks that maybe every night I'm preaching somewhere somebody came and said then suspend it stop preaching your body you need to take care of yourself you need to I almost said get behind me Satan because sometimes you may think oh you are saying this in out of genuine concern but the question is is it inspired by the spirit of God hallelujah so we need to be on guard all the time pray this prayer daily that Lord may I not be a tool in the hands of the enemy a lot of us Satan, Satan has used us in the past free but we don't know and he didn't pay us for using us but may Satan never use you in Jesus name so that is people now the second one is fear and anxiety I may not finish that one I'll continue in the next session fear and anxiety it is one of the most potent tools that Satan uses against us fear fear I've said it here on many occasions that fear is not an emotion fear is not a state of mind but fear is what a spirit because the bible said for i have not given you the spirit of fear but of love of power and of a sound mind fear is a spirit and every believer must resist that spirit of fear with every fiber of our being i read recently that fear not has been said 365 times in the Bible. I've not found out whether it's true or not, but it's a nice number. Hallelujah. And there are 365 days in a year. That means for every one of them, one of every one of them is for every day of the year. That means there is no day in your life that you must entertain fear. Fear of any sort, you must not entertain it. No day in your life must have you having fear inside you. Because fear is a spirit. I'm talking about fear. I'm not talking about fearing after you have watched a horror movie. And when something does crack, 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 you want to jump. When you're in the room and the wind blows the curtain, oh, hey, the spirit that is in the movie is coming to pay me a visit. That, that, that's not the kind of fear I'm talking about. There are a lot of you walking around and you have fear for the unknown, fear for the future. You're afraid. You have written exams and you are afraid. But Jesus is saying, fear not. Hallelujah. Not afraid. Fear not. Because fear can actually open you up for the thing that you are afraid of to come to pass. Fear. It can open you up. Let's read. Let's read Job. Job chapter 3 verse 25. Job chapter 3 verse 25 show you that fear can actually make the thing that you are afraid of come to pass that is why it's such an effective tool for Satan he said for the thing which I greatly fear let's read it together so that those who are yawning will wake up go 
For the thing which I greatly feared is come upon me, and that which I was afraid of is come unto me. That means this man always harbored a fear of losing his family, losing his home, losing his money, losing everything. The thing that he greatly feared. And as I've told you, fear is a spirit. Whenever Satan wants to do something in your life, he'll bring the fear of that thing to you first. If you entertain the spirit of fear and it enters you, it will open you up for whatever it is that Satan wants to accomplish to come to pass. If Satan wants to kill you prematurely, you start dreaming. You see yourself standing by your own coffin and people are mourning around you. Or you, you see your grave. And they've written aged 24. And you know you are 23 and a half. And you are standing there watching your own grave. Satan is just baiting you with fear. He's just baiting you with fear. When you dream such dreams, that is not the time to fear. Hallelujah. That is the time to reject it. That is the time to appropriate the blood. That is the time to exercise your authority as a child of God. You begin to fear, fear, fear. The time you realize you are sick. And the sickness will lead to death. Said so the thing that I greatly fear, what is it that you are afraid of? What is it that you are afraid of? Sometimes past experiences, Satan just takes those things and, and creates fear in us. And when you entertain that fear, you actually create a vicious cycle for that thing to happen again. Fear. Some of you, you look into your family. Marriages are not good. The aunties, their divorce rates, it's like how a tap flows. It's like continuous, like that. Clear pattern. Some of them, they get married late in life. And so you are afraid. You look at the future. You are afraid. You are anxious. Philippians 4 says, he said what? Be anxious for nothing. Don't be anxious about anything. That means there are things that you think you have a right to be anxious about. But the Bible is saying be anxious for nothing. Everybody say nothing. Yeah. You can come to a point where there are certain things you think you, you have every right to be anxious. Ah, look at my age. No man is coming. And you yourself, you have, you have decided in your mind at, by what age a woman is. Have you seen that in the Bible before? That by the age of 25, by the age of 25, it is everybody's time and everybody's season is different. And it's because you are comparing yourself with those that are around you. But the Bible says, he who compare, those who compare themselves among themselves are not wise. They are not wise. Hey, my mates, everybody is driving a car. Maybe their car they are driving breaks down three times a week. When yours comes, four years, you wouldn't have gone to mechanic because it's a solid brand new car. be anxious for nothing nothing that thing that you think you have a right to be anxious about he, the bible is telling you today that you must not be anxious about it don't be anxious about it be anxious for nothing there are a lot of young ladies that are anxious about marriage the reason why you shouldn't entertain anxiety is that the devil uses anxiety to set you up for a mistake when you're anxious, eh, it, it's very easy to make a mistake. It is a setup for you to take a right, wrong decision, for you to make the wrong thing, for you to make a wrong decision in your life. 
There are examples in the Bible. I can't take you through all. Was it Saul that the prophet was delaying? He became anxious. So he went and did something that cut off his kingship forever. He was just anxious. Sarah and Abraham, God had given them a promise, but they were anxious. So they decided to help God to fulfill the prophecy. So he said, Charlie, Hagar, Abraham to you didn't say no. He said, no. I'm sure probably he just said, are you sure? I want to spend. He said, yes. Yeah. Okay. Bring him. <laughs> Papa Abi. <laughs> and the reason Sarah did what that was that he said he would want her to deliver on her laps so that it would take her shame away to bring her joy. But it rather brought her sorrow. When you are not patient, and you are anxious instead of waiting for the Isaac that God has for you you will go and take an Ishmael and the Ishmael will bring you trouble a lot of people are settling for Ishmael that is not what God promised look when you're a lady and you entertain anxiety where marriage and relationships are concerned eh, Satan is setting you up for a mistake setting you up for a mistake the likelihood of marrying the wrong person is very high because you're anxious in your mind, you, your mind, there is a certain window. Age. Outside that age, you are no longer attractive. So you are anxious. You are getting out of that window. So you begin to worry. And you don't know that that worry accelerates your age. The worry, it accelerates your age. So you are hurrying yourself out of your own fabricated window. What Worry can make you age old. So it can make you age. Why do you think the American presidents, when they are taking, all of them, look at them, beginning, when they were sworn into office and when they are leaving. Look at Obama. Young man. By the time he was finished, his hair was white. Because worry, worry. There's Osama Bin Laden to worry about. There is the North Korean guy there. We are not sure whether he's correct or not to worry about economic issues. All the world's problems on your head. You age faster. So stop worrying about your age because the worry is adding to your age. And you are taking yourself out of that window fast. Just relax. Mr. Wright is on the way. Hallelujah. Everybody has a time and a season. God has his plans set for everybody. Set time. Ecclesiastes chapter 3. It says what? For everything under the sun there is a season. Everything there is a season. The time for your marriage is there. God knows it. The time for you to have a child is there. God knows it. The time for you to own a car is there. The time for you to have a house, it is there. Don't try and help God. Don't entertain any anxiety. Don't worry about it. Let me show you a certain scripture. Matthew chapter 6. Let's read from verse 25 down. Getting ready to close. Matthew chapter 6, 25 down. He said, therefore I say unto you, Take no thought for your life. This is Jesus speaking. He's encouraging all of us to have a certain aspect of being a phlegmatic. Some of you, you worry too much. It's like your life every day, you are worried. And trust me, when you are the type that you worry, men, they want somebody who can calm them down when they are worried. So if you yourself too, you're always on the edge like that. You're even reducing your attractiveness. Hallelujah. He said, take no thought for your life. 
what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body, what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? Next. Behold, the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Next. He said, which of you, by taking thought, in fact, this one give me NIV. It, 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 this particular verse, give me NIV. It captures it better. He said, who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? When you worry, what does it add? It doesn't do anything. It rather takes away from you. It rather takes away from you. So what is the solution for fear and anxiety? Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. The solution is just to hand over your fears and your anxieties to God. It sounds too simple. But that is what the Bible is saying. It's as simple as that. It said, do not be anxious about anything. But in everything... By what prayer and by what petition and with thanksgiving present your request to God and go back and sleep. It's simple. Prayer. You pray. You petition God and afterwards you employ the weapon of thanksgiving. I've told you that when you thank God for that which he has not done, you trap him in a place and he has no choice but to let that thing come to pass. And you have been taught this formula. Petition God and then thank him that Lord, I thank you that it's done. I thank you that I'm married. I thank you that I have my own car. I thank you that my academics are working. And go back and sleep. It's simple. Sometimes the solutions in the Bible, they seem too simple. But that is the God we are dealing with. Hallelujah. I like that uh, Sunday school song. What well, a friend we have in Jesus. All our, what are sins and grief to bed. He said, what a privilege we have to carry everything to God in prayer. He said, oh, what peace we often forfeit and oh, what needless pain you bear. You are bearing a lot of needless pain. You are bearing a lot of needless worry, a lot of needless anxiety, a lot of needless fear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Jesus himself came to say, he said, well, my yoke is light. I want more to carry. So just give it to me. Give me your yoke. My yoke is too light. I want something to carry. Just give it to me. It sounds too simple, but that is the Bible's prescription. When you are afraid and when you are anxious, you just look unto Yahweh. You just look unto God. You just trust in God. That's what the Bible says. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. When Peter, Jesus was walking on water and he asked Peter to come, initially he was walking nicely. Because his focus was on Christ. But the moment he started worrying about the waves, he started worrying about the sea, he started worrying about the tempest, the Bible said he began to sink. The solution to fear, anxiety, worry, is that you look up unto Jesus. When the psalmist said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall what? Fear no evil. And the next line explains why he is not afraid. He said, For thou art with me. The solution is God. Just cast your burdens onto him. Just cast your worries. Just tell him and go back and sleep and continue to thank him. Until you see that it has happened. 
It doesn't matter what it is you are afraid of. It doesn't matter what your background looks like. It doesn't matter how things look when you look around you. The Lord is entreating you this morning that you should focus on him. Put your eyes on him. Those of you who have written exams, I'm sure you've had nightmares. Remembering the mistakes that you made. Oh, I could have said this in this way. But God is telling you, relax. This night, go and sleep. Hallelujah. Just leave everything to him. Just relax. When you finish exam, that is when you, you, it's like, you don't even remember the correct answers you gave. Only the negatives. It is Satan trying to put fear into you, trying to put anxiety into you, trying to open you up for what you are afraid of to happen. But in this year of victories, may you have victory in every aspect of your life. May everything that you touch be a success. When you go through trials and temptations, you must know that the Lord is with you every step of the way. And that in Christ Jesus, you are more than a conqueror. In Jesus' name, amen. You want to bow down your eyes, your head, sorry. You just want to pray. Just sit down and pray this prayer. You know your fears. You know your anxieties. You have learned today that it is a tool in the hands of the enemy. You know the things that you are worried about. You just want to pray that, Lord, today, I am placing this petition before you. And I am surrendering that aspect of my life into your hands. I cease to be anxious from today. I cease to worry today. I don't want to be trapped into a mistake because of my anxiety. I don't want to be trapped into a mistake because of my fear. I don't want to be trapped in a place I'm not supposed to be just because I'm looking at the people around me. Just lift up your voice and hand it over to Jesus. Just hand it over to Jesus today. It is a handing over ceremony. Tell him, take absolute control. Take over. Take over. It is yours. My future. My worries about marriage. My worries about family. My worries about academics. My worries about what the future holds for me. What life is going to be like. Tell him I'm giving it all unto you. I, I surrender it all unto you. I am withholding nothing today. I am not leaving this room. This auditorium with those anxieties. I am not leaving with those fears. Because they are just tools that the enemy is using. To have a foothold in my life. Today may you be delivered from every form of anxiety. May you be delivered from the spirit of fear. Any mental stronghold that is causing fear in your life will crumble that stronghold today. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the Son of the Living God, surrender it unto Jesus. Surrender it unto Jesus. Tell Him, take over. Take absolute control. I will worry no more because I trust in you. Though I walk through the valley's low, I will fear no evil. I will fear no evil. Because I know you've got my back. I know you are holding me. I know you will uplift me by your powerful right hand. When I'm down, you are going to lift me up. When I'm sad, you are going to bring me joy. Today, may the spirit of joy be welled up in your spirit. For it is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. Where sadness has taken over, where depression has taken over, let joy take over today. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the son of the living God, Every fear of the future ends today. Every fear of the unknown ends today. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the Son of the Living God. We trust you have been blessed by this message. 
For information on how you can receive more teachings from the man of God, reach us on 024-873-7250. Stay blessed. Oh,